On today's episode, I spoke with Debarshi Chowdhury about personalized AI videos and SMS marketing. Debarshi is the co-founder of Maverick, a generative video AI company, and he's a top mind in the AI space. So there's a lot to dive into here. Let's get started. Would love to just kind of hear the bullet points of what's led you to where you are now and kind of what you're really focused on at this point in your career. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, Blake, thanks a lot for having me. Um, I'm Debarshi. I'm one of the founders of Maverick. Uh, we help e-commerce brands make AI-generated personalized video content uh, that they can send to their customers. Um, before Maverick, let's see, quick life story. Uh, born in New York, grew up in Columbus, Ohio, um, went to college, studied uh, engineering, economics, and then worked in consulting for a while, and then have worked in kind of broadly for about 10 years or so now, um, worked on the product side and then uh, got really interested in AI kind of after I left my last company, um, built uh, a couple of apps that were, you know, like did things like, you know, look at an image, figure out what the image is of and pair it with a quote. So you like take a picture of an apple and then pair it with a quote that's like an apple a day keeps the doctor away or whatever. Right. And so that was kind of my first foray into AI. And then as my co-founder and I um, kept exploring ideas, kind of um, came came back to this concept of using AI to generate different types of content and using it to help uh, a particular set of customers that we really enjoyed talking to, which was e-commerce brands. My co-founder had run a Shopify store in the past, so we had some experience there um, as well and just really liked the people that make the products that like we all use every day. Um, so really uh, like talking to them. And then those two threads kind of merge to make Maverick. Um, so as I mentioned, we do AI-generated uh, video content for e-commerce brands. Our focus today is um, re really twofold. So uh, I think one is using the content to drive as much customer delight as possible. Um, and two is using the content to drive conversion and revenue for brands um, and to increase the lifetime value of their customers. So let, let's dive into the e-commerce side of this for, for just a second. When we're talking about AI video for e-commerce, what, what does that look like compared to what it might look like for more of like a B2B company, just so that we can get an idea of how those videos would actually be different and what kind of videos you're helping to create. Cool. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So, so an example of an AI generated personalized video is like, let's say that the CEO of Nike like sent you a video and is like, Hey Blake, like, thanks so much for buying that hat from Nike. Like really appreciate your business. Um, so what we, what we would allow Nike to do is um, kind of generate that personalized video content for every single one of their customers without having to record a unique video. So your name would be AI generated in the video. Other parts of the video could be AI generated as well. Um, in terms of how that looks different for e-commerce versus, say, B2B SaaS or cold outreach or something like that, I think at at kind of the the core level, like, hey, generate a personalized video that is kind of the same but we uh we've seen kind of two things that make the e-commerce offering very different and that's kind of where we're focused um number one is just all the stuff around the video like the integrations that you have the platforms that you work with 
um, the use cases as well. Like for instance, um, for, for e-commerce, you might want to send a video when somebody signs up for your mailing list or when somebody makes a purchase or when somebody abandons a cart, for instance. Um, for, for B2B sales, um, you are probably doing something like cold outreach, right? So that, that's like kind of the one core use case there. You might have a couple more, but it's usually that one. Um, so, so, so that's one part of it. And I think the, the second part of it and kind of why we're very focused on e-commerce, um, is we've just seen that it works better. Like we've seen that when it comes to driving the metrics that businesses care about, in particular, revenue conversion. Um, in e-commerce, the AI-generated videos are just better able to do that than they are in uh, in other industries. So let's let's talk strategy. Uh, if you if a company comes to you and they're like, "Hey, we kind of want to do this, but we've never done it before," what's the step by step to implementing more personalized videos using AI to accomplish these results you're talking about? What's the what's the strategy for like the people that do it best? Yeah, totally. Um, so I'll, I'll start kind of high level and then get kind of into, into the details as well. Um, so high level, I think most of the brands that come to us um, had had never done this before, but they're, they tend to be kind of more like cutting edge, like thinking of new innovative ways to, to engage with their audiences. Um, so they'll come to us usually with an idea of where in the customer journey they want to um, they want to uh, implement these videos and then we'll help them figure that out as well. So we'll be like, hey, like you were thinking about a post-purchase. Thank you. Like we've seen that we can really drive revenue for abandoned carts as well. So why don't you film an abandoned cart video as well? Um, so that that first step is just defining like, hey, where where are we sending videos and what are the videos going to say kind of? Um, and then the next step is actually like, recording the videos and like getting everything set up we've tried to make the process kind of as smooth as possible here like it takes probably 45 minutes or so and 10 for a brand to like generate all of the video content that's kind of the base videos that they want personalized as well as uh, a voice training script that we provide so it's like you know kind of like 30 45 minutes record all the videos um, and then you send those over to us, you, we process them, get all your integrations set up, and then you're pretty much just kind of good to go there. Like you plug these directly into your flows, usually on Clavio, that's what most of our brands are using. So just plug it directly into your Clavio flows and then set it to live and then you're going. Well, one thing you'd mentioned earlier is um, using this for customer delight as well. So not just revenue, but building up satisfaction with, with customers. I'd like to know how you think about the balance between, obviously, if you're sending more things, more communications to customers, there is a chance that some people can view that as annoying. Um, so how do, you, how do you balance that with these generated AI videos to make sure that they are just adding to delight and not just adding more to somebody's inbox? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so... Uh... I'd say we do two things. So number one, we usually like try to fit within existing flows and communications as much as possible. Like sometimes you will just want to send an additional email communication or SMS, but sometimes you'll just kind of replace your existing one with the one that we had. Um, and then two, what we really focus on, and th this is 
particularly true for the post-purchase like thank you use case, which is typically our biggest delight driver. Um, we we focus on the direct like customer feedback that is left to brands. So let's say you receive a post-purchase thank you video from Dr. Squatch is one of our customers. So from Dr. Squatch, um, and then you view the video, um, you've got a place where you can actually just reply directly to the company and reply to the video. And we actually see for Dr. Squatch, I think 26% of people who view a video um, actually leave a response. And the responses are like almost universally just like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like no brand actually sends videos like this. Like this really makes me feel like a valued customer. Uh, you've got a customer for life. Um, so we focus on that. We're like, hey, like, are customers responding to these videos um, at, a, at a high rate? And what does the feedback look like? Are people happy? Are people upset with like purchases or the fact that we emailed them, et cetera? And by and large, like people are super happy. Like, I think you're muted. <laughs> Sorry, it's just, yeah, my no mic's worries. just not, not on. I, I want to zoom out a little bit and and talk generative AI beyond just this one use case, um, maybe even looking at what you're doing for your own company in terms of marketing. Where are companies getting a, a pretty decent edge right now with generative AI? What are the things that they're doing besides, you know, video is, is one use case we've talked through here. Are you doing anything to grow your company using AI? Yeah, totally. Um, so we definitely are. I'll kind of answer your, your question in two parts, I think. So one, we are using generative AI for like content creation across a lot of um, a lot of our marketing. So we use LLMs to help us write blog posts, for instance. Um, so like we'll generate some of the blog post content and then oh, one of our writers will go in and like modify it and like create like the final blog post. Um, we use kind of image models to generate images for different marketing communications, whether that's like ad creatives or um, images that live on our website. So we we do that as well. And, and by and large, we're seeing like a lot of businesses like doing this. Like it's it's actually pretty amazing how quickly businesses have just started incorporating generative AI into their marketing. But I, I think the next like the next level here is it the power of generative AI. Like the first level of power is like, hey, like you can just like make a bunch of content that you couldn't beforehand, right? Like I'm not an artist. I can't draw at all, but like I can make a picture that looks pretty good with generative AI. Um, the next level here is actually using that content to um, kind of optimize all of your all of your marketing campaigns. So the fact that you can generate content really quickly means that you can now test a lot of variations really quickly um, for any campaign that you're running. So you can like run a bunch of maybe tests and then get results and then optimize your campaigns. And you also have data around like, hey, what types of content like really work well for Maverick? Is it like a, I don't know, like a toy example, like a red background on the logo versus a blue background versus a green background, right? And you can just like generate all of those really quickly, test them, pick the right one, and then keep iterating from there. The, the flip side of that, what are the things within generative AI that you don't trust yet or that you've kind of tried out and been not so satisfied <laughs> with the results? Yeah, totally. And I will say like, you know, all of this is like pretty new and evolving, like at a really rapid pace. Um, so 
I, I think things that are almost there, but like not like quite there yet, I think are, um, so voice cloning is very close, but we still need to like, like spend a lot of manual effort, just making sure that results look really good. Um, so, so that's one part. Um, another part is like full video generation is like getting there. Um, but, uh, but not like fully there. Then there's also like photorealistic humans. I'm sure you've seen like pictures of like people with like 12 fingers or whatever, right? Like not quite there, but we're, we're getting, getting closer. Yeah. What, one of the biggest challenges is, you know, so many creators and brands now think that AI is going to help them scale, which it can, but you want to add that level of personalization and like the marriage of those two things is kind of the promise of what makes AI so exciting. Where do you think we're at with that? The personalization at scale part of this? Yeah, totally. And it's, um, it's almost like paradoxical, right? Like, because we are like, you're generating a bunch of content that was obviously computer generated. So like, Hey, how personalized can it be, um, to some extent, but also like you are able to use all of the data that you've collected about a person and brands these days are relying like more and more on like kind of first party data that they've collected based on like interactions with their, with their sites and products. Like, how do you use that to like generate like new content? So, you know, we've like on the internet has been happening forever, right? Like merge fields in email are kind of like the very first like level of text personalization. Um, and now we're, you know, you can do like generating image personalization, video personalization. I think we're like, I think we're still like pretty early days. Like, I think there's a lot left to be done. Um, just in terms of like taking the data that you have and like creating really compelling, like, yes, automatically generated, but still like really compelling for that person content. As, as we wrap up AI here, I, I want to talk a little SMS marketing as well. But with, within AI, do you have any crazy predictions, hot takes on what, you, what the <laughs> next couple of years might look like or things that you want to see happen in the industry? Um, that is a good question. Um, so, so I, I think one, um, I, I think that there are, as with any new technology, like new technologies ha have like a lot of benefits, but can also be like really scary, right? And there's like high potential for misuse. And so now you've got like, you know, an executive order on like, AI generated content, like you've got all of this like space that government regulation is like going to start coming in as well. I think I am excited to see kind of how the the regulatory landscape plus the like kind of market landscape like merge to create products that are just like really the best for the end customer because you kind of need them to like work hand in hand to to do so so i'm excited to see that i don't know if that's the hottest take that's probably a pretty mild take but that's kind of what i'm looking forward to no it's i mean it's the wild west right now anybody can build whatever they want right now so i think <laughs> yeah. that's that's it's a good call out all right let's let's spend a couple minutes here on sms marketing in particular because i think a lot of company e-commerce companies are either doing this or want to but for the ones that don't haven't done it yet they might just not really know the right starting point 
and I'm, I'm sure you probably have some, some thoughts on that. So how should a company go from zero to one within SMS marketing? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think some of the things that we've seen in obviously the SMS companies will tell you this as well, but like we've seen it just in our um, videos that we send, we see like kind of like almost like five to 10 X de depending on the flow, like higher, like click rate engagement with SMS than we do with email marketing. And it, it, it kind of makes sense, right? Like if you, like you have your phone on you all day, SMS is a very personal channel. And if you're trusting a brand to send you SMSs, you're probably going to engage with those SMSs a lot. Um, so it's a, for anyone who's not using it, it's a great channel. Like you should try it. I, I think they're the things that turn people off are one, it is so personal, right? Like it feels like you're bothering someone to send them an SMS message. Um, and, and so I think that holds brands back. And then two is like, how do you get started? Right. Um, I think from what we've seen, like getting started is like pick, pick a platform and pick a flow. Um, so like, you know, pick, there are a bunch of SMS messaging platforms out there, pick one. And then, um, in terms of flows, like pick, uh, probably like a, a post-purchase thank you or an abandoned checkout, like your core flows, and then just like, you know, make some really basic content and then just start sending the messages. One of the advantages of SMS is like, Hey, if you're not creative, that's okay. Because you're so constrained, right? Like you can only send like text and like, maybe you can throw an image in there, but like, that's about it. Um. So yeah, I think just like pick your core flow and like write a basic message and hit send, I guess, is, is kind of what I'd say. Coming back to the customer delight point as well, this is a channel that is, again, it, it is so personal that it probably is even easier for a customer to get mad um, from, from a text message mm -hmm. that somebody sends. Have you seen any, any ways to kind of mitigate that or, or the right way to approach texting people so that it's actually additive and it's not making people upset. Yeah. And you brought this up earlier when you mentioned like, hey, kind of like frequency of communication, right? Like how does Maverick make sure that like this additional communication doesn't piss people off? Um, for for SMS, I think that the number one thing is like frequency and just like speaking from like personal experience, like if you're if a brand is texting you like every day, like you're gonna unsubscribe like immediately um i think my favorite like kind of sms i i do a lot of music stuff like on the side i produce music like go to a bunch of shows and my favorite sms's are kind of like the the weekly like show update sms's that i get from venues and and from labels like things like hey like we know you're interested in this topic right we know you might want to go see one of those shows like here's a weekly digest and it's like kind of, it's pretty predictable. There's always like some offer associated with it, like discount on tickets or whatever. Um, so I, I just feel like there's value being delivered to me every single time I get one of these messages. All right. Last one. I ask all of our guests this question to, to sign things off. When you're looking at your tech stack or, or your tool stack for marketing specifically, what are the two, three tools that if they went away, you'd be really mad about it? Uh, for us personally? Yep. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, so so for us, 
our primary uh, kind of channels right now are uh, our search and then uh, kind of like content marketing across like, you know, different like LinkedIn, Twitter and things like that. Um, so I guess if like things that like help us like with search went away, like that would be bad. But like if we didn't have a website, right? So if Webflow went away and we're like, oh, we got to like build a new website on something else, like that would be a disaster. Um, if uh, and then for for stuff that we do to generate content as well. So like if we didn't have like, you know, things like Canva and Figma to help us make carousels for LinkedIn, if we didn't have tools like um, chat GPT, and then we use a, a right Sonic to like kind of generate blog posts. Like if we didn't have that, like it would be really difficult for us to do content marketing. So I think those are kind of the ones that that would be most painful for us.